It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz. It is great to have your company for the next 60 minutes. Uh, this program is the call 10 stocks that you suggest. I put it to our expert panel and on a Monday. I love kicking off a Monday with these two. Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor, Maitan Somersandara from Deep Data Analytics. Uh, Afternoon, gents. How are you? Afternoon. Very nice. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'd love I to know. be able to see Nathan in the face when I <laughs> oh, yeah. tell him he's wrong and it's going to be good. So that's not going to happen often. <laughs> so, you, know, ask, you might as well enjoy it. It's good to have you both back here in the Brain Guru Studios <laughs> live. Um, uh, Nathan has sort of got a big smile on his face. Mm. Uh, Gaurav, like me, is sort of grimacing after the last week on the market. Yeah. Um, Gaurav, even you conceded. I did. He got it right. I had to concede, otherwise he would have claimed victory himself. But yes, Nathan has been has been all over this. He's been warning me for a while. I know he's had some options on the side, some put options on the side, imploring me to buy them, and I did not listen. Not the first time, mind you, that you've been <laughs> so, right about these things. <laughs> so what were the signs that triggered you? Yeah. Oh, look, you knew after when they came out in November, the Fed is going to do it. Yeah. Everyone assumed that they won't. There'll be a backflip. There'll be a backflip. It's amazing. It's it's a completely amazing how long this has held out. Yep. And even after they announced it, people didn't believe it. So when they came and confirmed it, you had to sit there. The numbers are all telling you every central bank right. is it's going to put rates yeah, up. They're stuck. Yep. And the thing is, when the Fed moves, it's the 300-pound gorilla. When they move, if the others don't follow soon enough, the yield differentials will collapse their currency and you so create the inflation. Is it still going to be a blah blah more to come on the share market? I think there is. Um, right. You have to remember, um, if you look at what pre-pandemic, we were at stretched multiples, yeah. right, pre-pandemic. Obviously, right. there's a lot of money that's gone in and boosted earnings. If you take out that additional earnings and you take out the multiple expansion, I don't think it's going to be completely normalized, but we're still fairly okay. up compared So how much more will it pull back? What's see, your the, best see guess? the Aussie market is not as bad, yeah. but the US market is quite extreme. So my, my shorts have been predominantly based on the US market to risk manage, and that's paid off quite well. And I mean, we've taken a hit for a while, but that's yeah. turned around. And I don't think it's finished. I think over the next couple of months, that'll play out. It's the seasonality for it. Right. The Fed set the tone. Other what? central banks are gonna update Another 20% down? I think there's a potential. And then the, the biggest problem I've got is, we're in some unique situations where margin lending is three times what it used to be, previous yeah. peak. Yeah. So there's a lot of margin calls to be had. There's a lot yeah. of options to be cleaned out. So you, you look at 10, 15, 20%, and then you go, well, if the panic starts, it might be more. You never know. Right. Yeah, this is the thing. The, the sense of panic hasn't really no. set in yet. No. And it's a, it's a proper correction, mind you. But it, there's, Telstra's still a Telstra. Tesla <laughs> is still a $1 trillion business. You know, you've, got, you've got these crazy valuations yeah. on companies still. And, I'll, and I'm going to throw out to, to Brainchip out there with a, with yeah. a $4 billion um, market cap already. Yeah. I think those are the sort of stocks we really need to see come down. More widespread fear and panic 
and and then I think we'll be closer. But then there are, to the end but of this. The, you know, <coughs> I'm the bear when everyone's bull, mm. and I try to be the bull when everyone's bearish, right? Mm. There are a lot of stocks that are down 60, 70 percent. If they're going to be around in three to five years' time, there's opportunities. Yeah. There are stocks that are down 60, 70 percent with six, seven percent short. When the market bottoms, those stocks will come out with rockets. Right. Just short covering. <coughs> Without any volume, they'll go. Okay. So there are great opportunities in a in a bashing. All right, give us but, one. <laughs> oh, look, I think Zip. Oh, right. really? Zip, That's a Zip's, okay. Zip's got nine percent short. Hmm. Everyone hates Flight Center. Flight Center's got fifteen percent short. Wow. wow. Look, we were long Flight Center when it passed twenty bucks. It's a sell. They're probably going to do another cap raising. When the cap raising happens, short squeeze. This thing's going to pop. Right. Okay. Thank All you. right. Um, our stock of the day. We'll see if that's the case as well. First half hour, we're going to talk about Adriatic Metals, Rhythm Biosciences, Next DC, ResiMac, and Ingenia Communities. Um, but our stock of the day can't go past Ansel, falling from COVID grace after slashing its FY22 guidance and supply chain disruptions and resetting demand way on expectation. Company anticipating EPS to now be $1.45 instead of $1.95. Margins expected to be lower in the first half due to the challenges. Supply chain issues pushing costs higher. Um, Ansel down uh, 15% of the market. It was down 24% at one stage. Um, not far off its, uh, or a hell of a lot, uh, off its 52-week high of $44. So here's a stock. It's almost halved in price. Um, Nathan, what, what did you think of the update and the stock price now? Um, I think the update for me is more about what's happening in emerging markets. We, we kind of knew that from the yeah. data we were seeing. Um, we see a substantial risk in emerging markets and we see even bigger risk going forward with what's happening with the Fed. Um, pandemic problems are going to last through 2022 at best. Um, yeah. It's not going to solve itself in emerging markets. So we saw that risk. But I am surprised at the amount or the magnitude of the downgrade. But reading through it, and I'm still reading through the details, but from what we can see, it's more macro rather than operational. Yep. So I'm always looking past those things because they tend to be something that you can get around. And Ansel is one of those things where in a COVID environment, yes, they're affected by COVID. Yes, they're affected by supply side issues. This is going to be a thematic for everyone. There's no one unaffected. Now, but for answer, COVID is actually positive because remember, mm. when it got to 40, uh, everyone was thinking this is COVID forever type yep. But what people forget is what Ansel does is the health standard. That's going to be around a lot longer than what people think. So the demand for it is big. They're a very low part of their cost base for the customer. So they can put up prices and people will live with it because they're proven guys through the cycle. So yes, and they're very good management. They're spread around the world. They, you know, I love them for that. They've done really well. I'll back the management to turn it around. We've been, look, we've been through this, through the cycle. So it went yeah. up, we thought it was expensive, but we held it, it's come back. It was cheap. The bashing has made it extra cheap. Right. I think it's a buy. Um, I actually had a couple of clients give me a call uh, because we liked it. And said, so what do you think? I said, you buy it here. Right. Because it was a couple of bucks off pandemic lows. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the model. Mm. You know, there are, Obviously, macro is going to hit everyone. And so get ready. This reporting season, you're going to see a lot of downgrades. Yep. Um, 
And so in that context, I'm not surprised. I, why would you sell something that's already downgraded and buy something that's going to downgrade? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll buy this. So, so this is what, what you two have always talked about. Mm. Um, with big corrections, you load up on quality stocks. And, and you're it just has four and a half percent short. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Right? If you're, if you're a shorter, you've done well. Yeah. And you'd be covering it. Right. So it's it's you got all the criteria: good quality business, good management, good macro. It's getting hit by a macro event that everyone's going to get hit by. Yeah, opportunity. Gaurav. Yeah, we own a bit of this, and it is a high quality business. I think a lot of people fail to see the quality inside Ansel because it is capital intensive. It is a hostage to input prices. It always has been, but it's managed those variables really well in the past. It has made an error in the last, I'd say, six to eight months. Now, we all know about all these supply shortages. Um, so what they did to counter that is that they increased inventory levels um, much more than they ordinarily would. So they make sure their customers are well supplied. Mm -hmm. They run through their um, product really, really quickly. And it's vital when you have an agreement with a hospital or with a manufacturing business, you must be able to supply. Yep. So they wore high inventory costs. And what's happened is that um, uh, demand has just kind of leveled off a little bit. And so they're stuck with um, a lot of inventory that um, margins are probably going to be compressed for a little bit and that reflects the, uh, the lower um, earnings. And at the same time, you've got uh, costs being, um, being hit as well. So the, the costs are rising as well. So you've got this, this double whammy and it's a pretty nasty compression of margin. But I do think both of those things are short-term issues. This is a fundamentally very strong business. They're in one or two in all their major categories. Um, there is a large part of this business that still deals with generic gloves. But the best margins, most of the money here is in um, high spec, high value gloves that you can't, you can, and I think Nathan's right, the test is going to be coming up soon. They, I think they're going to have to raise prices and I think you're going to see the volumes hold up reasonably well. We've seen this happen in the past. Um, it, does, it does get these drawdowns from time to time and I, I think we're going to be okay. It's a buy for me as well. This is okay. extremely attractive on valuations for a big blue chip. Not the fastest growing business, but high quality with good management and, and decent balance sheets. Good. But this is the kind of macro stock that you want to buy yeah. in the market yeah. you're going yeah. into for the next couple of years. It's going to be tough. Mm. Returns are mm. going to be weak. You got to fight for everything. Opportunities come in high quality business. Don't look back. Yep. Okay. All right. Kerry wants a view on Adriatic Metals. Mm. Uh, Kerry says, I'd love Gaurava Maitan, uh, have this plays into the precious metal uh, thesis. Uh, of course, it um, owns um, a big silver project in Bosnia-Herzegovina, um, which is sort of a dodgy part of the world at the moment, <laughs> if, if my geography has got me right, with a few, oh, Russia, look, mm. with a few Russians around. But mm. yeah. what do you think of Adriatic? Uh, you know, horses for courses. Um, <laughs> It's a silver play, so you know it's yeah. not too many silver plays. So that kind yeah. of puts it into mm. interesting category. Yeah, I'm I'm always worried about anything around Europe uh, because these things always take always take long. Yeah, mining in Europe is a, is a strange it's a, a strange part, yeah. aren't they? And yeah. Australian companies don't have a great track record. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, so in that context, you've got to be careful. Look, the market's had a good run on it. They've got the funding. <coughs> it looks like they're ticking all the boxes. Um, it's trading with silver price. Again, you kind of have to be careful when a project that's not producing trading with commodity prices because it's going to take time before that eventually plays out. So you could have a commodity cycle and you are not there for that cycle. Yep. And so I'm always playing with the producers when cycles have had a good run. Now, 
the, the biggest, um, I suppose, thematic that everyone's looking at is they're looking at the equities versus commodities, and commodities look really cheap. Mm. But what people forget is commodities don't have to go up. Mm. Equities can just fall, and that equation turns around. So that's the problem that we're in. So I, I <coughs> equities are pretty solid in an inflationary environment. The biggest problem for precious metals at the moment is the US dollar. Yep. So a couple of weeks ago, you can see it in the data that everyone's sitting on massive shorts in the US dollar. It was at the top of his trading band and everyone was sitting on the shorts. And then when the Fed talked, guess what? Because it's such a crowded trade, everyone covered their shorts and US dollar popped even higher, which has hit the precious metals. I think that'll run out of steam and it'll come off. If the economy starts to show weaker numbers, non-farm payrolls, again, coming up on Friday, if you start to see weaker numbers, if you start to see other uh, central banks putting up rates to compete on the currency war, then the US dollar should come back. And if that comes back, precious metals run. So mm -hmm. if you're there, I'll be looking for what happens to the US dollar, and that's gonna get, get you going for the silver price. And I think you should be okay. okay. But yeah, I'm always, preferences for producers. So what do you do, buy it? If, look, here, it's a tough one. I, I think it's come back, I think it's okay because of the fact that we don't have many silver plays. So South 32 is the default one, big one play. So I would buy it, yeah. it's a specy buy. I'm going to both agree and disagree with Nathan. I also th I also think this is actually a, a buy, um, and I, I, it's it's obviously a spec buy because it's not producing yeah. yet. Yeah. But this ticks an awful lot of boxes. I just preface everything with um, you know the, the the viewers start off saying this is good for a a thesis on gold. When you're buying miners, I. I don't like to buy miners because I think a, a particular commodity is going to go up or because I have a gut feeling about this metal or that metal. I don't know what metal prices are going to do and you don't know what metal prices are going to do either. Um, and as, as when you can admit that to yourself, I think you'll be a better investor in, in resources. What you want to do and what is a catalyst for making um, an investment in, in these mining businesses is when you have a mine with wonderful economics. Um, that isn't recognised, or something's gone wrong, or there's a misunderstanding about a, a business, um, a wider misunderstanding about business that creates opportunity. Those are the sort of things I'm looking for. I'm not really looking for exposure to this price or that price or that commodity. Yeah. Um, this is a sensational deposit, I have to say. I haven't had, I haven't spent much time on this. I've looked at it once before. Um, I think for this program, in fact, and I was pretty blown away then by just the sheer numbers it, it, um, that they're on display here. So it's a, it's a zinc um, silver lead mine, which are, are common enough in, mm. in, in geology terms. BHP actually got its start with a very similar kind of multi-metal deposit. At a broken hill. At a broken hill. Yeah. Um, South 32 has run a sensational mine, Cannington, um, for about 20 years. And, and that thing's actually the world's largest silver producer. When these things, when you crack the metallurgy and the processing of these, these mines, they are absolute mints, um, and it look, looks like these guys have one. What really stands out is the startup costs, only $200 million. It's probably a third of what I would have estimated, um, and that's all been signed off on. They've got the funding in place, which is an, um, amazing, actually. They've got the funding in place. They're, they're probably in the riskiest part of their journey now, um, just starting up their mind, doing the processing, figuring out whether their, their models match reality, and that's probably why the stock has fallen a little yeah. bit. I, I think there's enough um, upside here to warrant a buy, even though they're not in production. Lots of free cash flow, management owns a big chunk. Europe is not my favorite mining destination, but there's enough here. Yeah, there's enough buy. positive yeah, versus yeah. negative. Agreed. You yeah. just know, like, there's some things just like, it's not a, you know, you've got some things that just hit you on the back of the head and going, don't, don't, don't. Mm. But there's enough for you to worthwhile. So, you know, you're not buying these kind of stocks if you're not a risk taker. Yeah. So That's you, right. It's a speculative yeah. play. Mm. It's worth the speculative okay. play. Okay. 
Um, Gaurav, Chris wants a view on rhythm biosciences. Uh, is it still a hold in your view back in the end of October? Uh, that's when rhythm came up the first time because none mm. of us had heard of it before. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. You guys saw it as an intelligent speculation. Uh, back then, it was about a dollar twenty, dollar twenty-five. Zoomed up to two dollars in November. It's got a fifty-two week high of two dollars and eight, a low of eighty-four cents. So mm. people have got onto it. Uh, business that was spun out of the CSIRO, yep. uh, they're developing a, a blood test to detect colon cancer. And um, you were impressed, I think, at the time with the board and yeah. the management. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed with the board. Um, a couple of them are ex-CSL. Uh, there's people that have actually done stuff who are on this yeah. board, and that's a really big sign. When I see accomplished people leaving large organisations to join small organizations with no money but with lots of potential that's a good sign because yeah. i can't assess that potential but these people who have a great track record and some speciality can and if you know i, I base my judgment on their judgment but these are guys are solving a really in, a really important problem um there there are there's a, a colon cancer actually you have to detect with um with fecal matter you have to look for blood in the stool mm. um and so it's actually i think that's the third most prevalent cancer in the world it kills millions of people and if you can detect it early you can actually reduce the that mortality rate by about 90 percent but because it's a fecal matter test a stool sample test you know it doesn't probably get enough testing as it yeah. needs yeah. so they've developed a blood test um for this for this um, particular cancer and it's quite a long the road yes of yes coming to mark is it isn't something that just started exactly it's it's well down the road to, to development they've actually got um some pre-approvals from key organizations they've got enough funding in place to keep going for a little bit and the market is absolutely enormous. Uh, this is not the kind of market you'd really want to be looking at TAMs and things like that. And I don't like that kind of investing anyway. But these guys are solving an important problem with, um, with accomplished individuals. Um, and they're well down the path to showing early success. So I think this remains intelligent speculation. And I don't think you need to worry about um, prices being you know, 10% higher or 10% lower. If this thing works, you're gonna make a lot of money. If it doesn't work, you're gonna lose everything. So mm. I think treat your portfolio allocation accordingly. With companies like this, it's not really pinpointing value or a price. It's making the decision about whether you want exposure to this or not. Is it worthwhile making this a small part of your portfolio? I think it is. Either. Yeah, look, again, um, geez. I thought we'd have more fights. It <laughs> <laughs> just turned out. I was looking I'll tell, I think there'll be more to come. There might be more to come. Look, I, I agree. I think we agreed last time as well. Mm, yeah. It is, a, um, I suppose, a, a, a smart speculative play. Um, they've got a number of ponies in, in the game, and they've got good management. Uh, and, it's, and you've got to remember the macro. Now, the whole healthcare sector has come off. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bit of a risk-off play. So these are very small stocks, micro-cap, I can throw a lot of data. Micro cap index is fell about 15% in about four days or something. Yep. 10 to 15% in four days. So there's a substantial pullback in that size category. So this kind of falls into all the categories that are falling. So that's why it's come back, makes sense. Um, but the underlying model hasn't changed. What they're doing, they've got, the thing about this is it's about execution now. They've got the products, they've got a decent amount of approvals. Now about getting in and getting people on and getting people to use it. So these kind of things, you're in that area where it's worth having, having yeah. a shot at. And you've got to go for about four or five yeah. because you never know which one's going to work mm. out. And if one works out, Graf's right, if one works yeah. out, 
you're not going to care what happens to the other lot, yeah. right? So that's the upside. But you, you just got to, you got to have a mantra that if you're investing in stocks like that, it's high yeah. risk. Because it's in phase three trials now, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not as if it's phase one that's no. going to be yeah. five years yeah. to these, phase these three. Things, these takes, these things take, you know, it's a... 10 years to become an overnight success, right? Yeah. And these yeah. guys are way down the chain. You know what I love? In, in one of their presentations, they quote that um, oh, in, in our marketing studies, 83% um, of participants said they prefer bloods, blood testing rather than stool testing. And I just sitting there thinking, what the heck are the others thinking? <laughs> <laughs> who are the other seven? Yeah, who are these exactly. people? Because <laughs> uh, if this works, yes. it's going it's to dominate the industry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Rowena, um, mate, I want to view on next DC. Uh, even before this mm. current market correction, mm. says Rowena, its share price has been dropping significantly since January, despite what appears to be strong growth, good fundamentals. Why the share price drop, and is this an opportunity? Yeah, I'm waiting for a PhD to come out to see. Uh, <laughs> I do like data uh, centers, yeah. <laughs> and there'll be a word count limit. Uh, now, uh, look, it's yeah. it's a great business. I like the mm. uh, sector. Um, it's They get you by locking you in with extra stuff. What you're yeah. getting from what the other players are in that place locks you in. So, you know, you, you everyone's looking for Metaverse and every other uh, data storage play. These guys are all going to do well. And these guys, you know, next DC is one. Yes, the CEO does rub a few people the wrong way. Mm. Uh, but look, it's a bit like mineral resources. If, if he delivers, I don't care. And he <laughs> yeah. delivers, so I don't okay. care. So it's, look, it's a growth stock, right? High multiple growth stock. So is it getting hit? Yes. Is it going to probably go lower? Yes. But you're never going to time the bottom. I would be saying it's come back a fair way. You buy a bit now. You spread it over okay. the next two months, mm. you'll come out well. Okay. All right. Um, next thing you see, of course, is in data storage. I read a stat the other day. Data storage globally produces more carbon emissions than the global airline industry. Wow, I didn't know that. That blew me away. Yeah, that is well, amazing, I guess it, it never stops. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, everything's connected. Yeah. It's got to be stored somewhere. Yeah. Next DC? I bet it's still less than crypto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang God. Yeah. 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 I don't want it anymore. So I've got a rule about Craig Scruggy, who's the CEO. Um, I just, I don't meet him. I don't listen to him. I don't listen to any of his presentations because he's got to be one of the most persuasive, charismatic CEOs you'll find on the ASX. I remember sitting, one of the first times I started covering Next DC, I was sitting in a, in a small room presentation and I just, I almost bought the stock on my phone as I was listening to him talk. I mean, he is... He's so passionate and, and he understands this market back to front. He's been in the business for a long time. So I understand um, he rubs people off the wrong way. I think he's um, an outstanding CEO, but he's too he's too it, persuasive and the, I wouldn't listen to him. It's just the Instagram. Well, <laughs> no, you've said that before. You said yeah. you never trust a CEO that's on Instagram. I know, no, I know. And and so I that's probably a good rule. All right. But look, to the business itself, I've been saying for years, and I think Nathan's, um, Nathan's finally believes me now, but... Data centers are still misunderstood. I st yeah. you, you, the share price has gone up th probably three or four fold since we first bought it, and I still think data centers are misunderstood because people think of them as um, as rent as property businesses and rental businesses, and I actually think they are network businesses. Right. So uh, the way I've described this in the past is is next, next DC is a bit like a Westfield. It gets big tenant um, customers inside its data centers. You know the equivalent of DJs and Woolies. It gets Microsoft and Amazon and Google. And it doesn't make money out of those guys. What it does do is it provides opportunities for all the other customers to connect 
yeah. and, and, and form a network. And then the more data centers they have, every data center is interconnected and you can swap servers and data and customers with each one. So the larger they get, the more mesh their network gets. The, the network actually grows at sort of 15% a year, yeah. the interconnections between uh, customers, and that makes margins higher, it makes churn rates lower. The actual economics of a completed data center are sensational, probably 25-30% returns on capital, and these guys have room to mobilize a lot of capital. I think that's what's, that's what's yeah. missing in so many good businesses. They make really good returns, but there's no opportunity for reinvestment. Here you get reinvestment opportunities and high returns on that capital, so it's great. Um, I think this is a, I think Nathan's right. The strategy here is to, is to start nibbling. Right. The reason it's not a full-blown buy is because the business is at a bit of a crossroads. Um, they've built their business by using these kind of network economics, but now they're, to get even larger, they're going into wholesale data centers, which is something we won't mm. go into now, but it does mean lower margins. They're going into edge data centers, which I'll explain another day, but um, that means lower margins and they're going overseas, which means higher risk. So there's three big pivot points coming up for NextDC. All of those pivot points okay. introduce risk. So I think move slowly, but move. Okay, all right. Need to uh, quicken the pace a bit on yeah, these, do, these two for this half hour. Uh, Rezzy <laughs> Mack uh, from Liam. Liam says, seems to be an extremely low PE for a non-bank lender, growing loan book, growing return on equity. Um, overall strategy, financials look good. Seems to be a strong buy, according to Liam, or am I missing something? Hence the low PE, Gora. Yeah, look, I, I don't like PEs. Um, I, I don't make investment decisions based on PEs, and I don't think that should be the default. They are a piece of the puzzle. They tell you something, they don't tell you everything. Um, and a low PE stock isn't cheap, a high PE stock isn't expensive. This one is tricky. I, I struggle with the accounting on this. I'm not familiar with, with Resimac. Um, bank. Banks are, well, we've got to keep it short, but, yeah. but this is not a, a high quality business. Um, I agree it's been well managed. They provide, provide funding to uh, mortgage brokers. That's correct. They? they sell through mostly through, the, I think they do have a retail presence, but most yeah. of their money comes through the mortgage broker network. And um, the returns are okay. I think they've done okay. They pay, pay out cash flow really well. But I, I still don't understand the accounting. And, and I think when you're dealing with a banking finance business, <coughs> you really need to follow the flow of money through the, the, the accounts in the company because the profit that they give you is a made-up number. Mm. Um, like if you go through CBA or Westpac, the, the, that profit number means nothing. That's an, that's an arbitrary number that they make up based on a whole series of assumptions, and it's the same here. So the PE is meaningless, but it is a decent, it looks like it's well managed. I'm going to go hold, um, right. and I need more time to understand it, and I would, okay. I would very strongly recommend if you're holding this stock, you really need to understand what's happening here because it's not straightforward. Ivan? Oh, finally, I can disagree. Now, sell. Um, <laughs> okay. Look, so. the financial, um, basically, if you look at the index, uh, bank index, it, this is trading exactly like that, right? Yeah. So it's a macro trade. Um, they look, they're in, they're, the management is doing well. I think they're executing well, but they're not executing anything where they're gonna suddenly go to the moon. Mm. This is basically playing the macro, just what happened to the banks. So. Everyone's done well, property prices have gone up. We are already seeing property prices in the US rolling over. They're the biggest gorilla. They go up, 30 to 40% of the funding for the big banks come from global markets. That's going up. The banks right. are gonna start putting up rates. Property prices will start to fade. You know, you don't need crash. I mean, you know, you can get excited by these things. The property prices might be down five to 10% for a few years. That's what happened in the 90s. We're probably looking at that to deflate it for a period of time. So it'll be flat for a while. In that market, will you get 
that's doing as well as what it's done in the last yep. few years? Unlikely. So okay. it's just a play on uh, banks. I think CBA is one of the massive sales. Right. So I think the sector is overvalued. These guys will get hit on the same thematic. Hmm. CBA is a massive sell. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, ben wants a <laughs> rough against time here, so yeah. we can't argue with him. But, uh, but, <laughs> no, but it's we, a sell. We will clip that up yeah. uh, and yeah, send it through and hold I've it. I've had it for three uh, months. Ben wants a view on Engenia, Engenia uh, Communities, oh, yeah. the big retirement yep. and holiday community business, mate. Oh, high quality business. Mm. Right. I mean, all the fundies are in there. <laughs> they, oh, they know. Okay. And look, it's good, solid market knows all about it there's no real surprise they convert well um i don't have I, i'm not if i'm picking 10 15 stocks this doesn't come into it right it's priced for what it is and i think it's good you're not going to get blown away so if you've got it you'll hold it oh yeah if you got okay. it just sit i mean you bought okay. it for that reason you're getting yeah. what you paid for so there's no surprises but i don't think it's going to shoot the lights out yeah i was surprised how good this appeared i thought this was going to be rubbish and it's actually you're right i would agree this is it's actually a pretty good quality business but a few things for me that don't make much sense and i'm, I'm sure that's because i'm not familiar with it but the accounting profits and cash flow are wildly different my guess is they run First of all, they recognise development profits, I think, at a different stage to when they collect cash. And I also think um, that there's revaluations of properties running through the P&L, through the income statement. So what that means is that don't trust the PE yeah. and don't trust the, uh, the, net in the, uh, yep. the income statement. You re again, I would caution if you're holding this, you really need to understand what's driving um, returns here. And it's not what they're telling you on, on the net income statement, uh, uh, the net income number. Um, if, you, if you understand those things, I think this is perfectly fine to hold. There's a very good competitor called Lifestyle Communities, which yep. I probably prefer. Another good one. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, first five stocks. Ansel, a buy from both Maiden and Gorab. Adriatic, um, Metals, a speculative buy from both. Uh, Rhythm Biosciences, uh, Remains, an intelligent speculative buy from both. Uh, nibble away at Next DC. Uh, so... Instead of a, a buy or accumulate, we now have a, a nibble. A, a nibble. <laughs> um, um, Resi back a hold from uh, from Gorath, a sell from Mathan, uh, who also says CBA is a screaming sell, uh, and Ingenia a hold from both as well. Uh, this half hour, our five stocks we're going to look at: Whitehaven, Haven Coal, Mad Paws, uh, Frontier Digital Ventures, Tabcorp, and WiseTech. So a bit of a mixed bag. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, Gorab Whitehaven Cole. Mm. Um, Olivia says, um, uh, can you ask Gorab and Maitland as well? He seems to make the most, they seem to make the most sense to me. Uh, I'd like an... That makes no that's sense to me. No, that's, <laughs> it's debatable, Olivia. Yeah. Uh, I'd like an update uh, from him. Mm. He's been positive on coal in the past uh, and the price has gone way up. What's his latest opinion? Yeah. So coal is a wonderful example of something I've learned in markets over a long period, which is the single quality which you really need to have above all else is the, the ability to look like an idiot for a long period of time and maintain your conviction. 
and that's been true <laughs> on coal. I've had a buy on coal stocks for almost two years, yep. about two years. And I'd say for most of that time, I've looked like an idiot. Um, and it's only really been in the last eight months or so that these things have taken off. We've made probably 2.5x on Whitehaven, um, not quite so much on New Hope, but um, that's more than offset. You're about to see a really big dividend start to flow from these stocks. On spot prices, these are probably the biggest, the, probably the cheapest stocks you can buy on the market at the moment. Wow. I reckon they trade at about a 50% free cash flow yield. Um, in, in normal times, Whitehaven is what, about sub $3. In normal times, this will be a $9 stock. Um, and we're probably not going to get to normal times because there's so much ESG pressure on Whitehaven. Yeah. But I think the end game here is that um, it's going to be taken over by private yeah. capital. There is just so much cash flow flooding out of Whitehaven. Um, they're about to announce, um, I, I think, buybacks and dividends coming up these these results. Right. And I think once the market sees that, private capital is going to be um, yeah. be hunting these guys down. Uh, it, it's it's um, it's so cheap. Um, if you have the stomach for it, I, I think you you have to own these coal names. They're just uh, in this market. They're probably the, the the best the best value you'll buy in this market. And. Um, the best value in this market. Yes, are these coal names. They're still probably the, the most um, mispriced, um, com completely misunderstood uh, businesses on the market. I don't think they're misunderstood. Whitehaven, they're just, the best of the group? Look, I think New Hope has, has lower risk. It has a single, simple mining yeah. operation. I know they're going to pay out dividends. They basically told you half the market cap is in franking credits, half. Yeah. Whitehaven has... A, a more difficult operating history, more complex mining, um, but both of them are now cash, are cashed up. They don't have any debt, and I think the dividends are going to start flowing. It's been very easy over the last two years to be uh, dismissive of coal because of the ESG concerns. Yep. It's very easy to be a, a ethical investor or, a, or an ESG investor. That's going to come with cost now, and okay. I wonder if when the costs start building up of becoming an ESG investor, what's the market going to do? It's either going to go up in price a lot or these things are going to get taken out. Michael? Yeah, this is an interesting one because when you've got inflation, all the miners are going to see rising costs. Operational costs are going to go up. Labor uh, costs are going to go up. This will make it harder and harder for someone to start a new mine. Right. So yeah. the supply-demand dynamics already favors the coal stocks. Apart from not getting any regulatory approval. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the other one side. Approve yeah. a coal or market. getting funding. Yeah. All of those problems yeah. are going to make it harder and harder. So the guys who are playing, as costs go up, they'll just put up the prices. And the prices mm. keep going up. And this is the beauty of commodity prices. I'm not saying coal is the best commodity out there. But look, it's just going to benefit from the macro. Right. And because there's not much going in, in new supply, you just got to sit there and say, well, for a number of years, it is going to play part of the solution. So as long as it's part of the solution, then people are going to pay higher prices. So yeah. I think what happened, I mean, I think last time we, we probably both uh, agreed and we put it into the portfolio mm -hmm. from memory. Yes. Yeah. And I don't see, it nothing is. has changed. I think they're, you know, okay. in, a, in an environment where debt is going to be a problem, these guys don't have debt. Okay. Mm. All right, Sophie, let's go from coal to dogs. Uh, Sophie wants... <laughs> well, they used to be the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your view on Mad yeah. Paws, which is the, uh, hmm. uh, the the big dog provision? They bought a, hmm. um, a group called Waggly Club, which is a subscription treat service for hmm. dogs that you subscribe, like your undies or your socks or your whatever, hmm. uh, and you get treats delivered every uh, every month for your dog. What do you think of Mad Paws? Yeah. 
this is a recent float. <laughs> yep. When I started with, yeah, that yeah, always yeah, yeah, that's no, that's no, no, the sign. I'll throw the data out there. Look, mm. if you're if you're not doing well after the float yeah. uh, in the first six months, usually it doesn't work out yeah. for the next couple of years. And this is, you know, it obviously it got popped up and then it it fell for the first what three four months. It's come back and it's trading at a discount to the uh, the first price it flipped out as for about twenty four cents peak. And yeah, if you you're in lockdown, everyone wanted pets. Mm. You know, and pets were the thing to yeah. Everyone yeah. everyone wanted. If you didn't do well in that cycle, mm. it's going to be a lot harder yeah. going forward uh, because people are going to spend on other things. So. I, I don't know. It's like you know. It's like Booktopia. When you come out and float straight after the December uh, boost, you're going to struggle with the comparison. I think for these guys, I think that the upside is already aware in the market that's yeah. been priced in. I think it'll struggle. So not for you. I, I need numbers to really kick in before yeah. they jump on that. Yeah, this Go is ahead. a very early stage business. Forty million dollars. It's tiny. The idea is promising. So these guys sell themselves as a marketplace. So they have a. Um, uh, you know, they, it's, it's a bit like an air tasker for yeah. um, for dog walks and for vets and that sort of thing, um, for holiday minders. Uh, that's that's part of the business. The other part of business, as you alluded to, Koshi, was a, a subscriptions business, and then they sell kind of retail accessories Products. on the side yep. as well. I'm not particularly enamoured with either of those business segments. Um, I think the uh, marketplace business is less REA and more air tasker. Yep. I think it's more of a one-time search opportunity rather than a, a platform where buyers and sellers come to together that you yeah. come back and back to. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a weak network effect. I think it's a weak marketplace. And to me, the retail business um, is indistinguishable from any other online retail business. Okay. I think it's so it maybe poor quality. Not for yeah. you. Sell. So. All right. Uh, speaking of platform businesses, Steve mm. wants a view on uh, Grow Frontier Digital Ventures. Steve mm. says they appear to be gathering some real momentum, still flying under the market radar. There appears to be a significant opportunity here, according to Steve. Now, they they have online classified businesses like REA, Seek, um, car sales, but they do it in developing countries and take an interest. Yeah, so FDV, we were early on this. I think we were in this around 50 cents or so. Um, this is the largest holding in the Intelligent Investor Growth Fund. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I like to think we have a pretty good understanding of this company. The the main part of this business is actually, so let's take a step back, but they actually, yeah, they, they take stakes in um, marketplaces for cars and for homes um, yeah. in developing countries. And they try and buy stakes in dominant um, uh, marketplaces and then they provide capital and expertise and grow those marketplaces to become monopolies. And, and, ha and have sold out of them once they've developed, they ha haven't they? They have done that in the past. Vietnam one. And That's right. Like that. They have yeah. done in the past. I think the strategy has changed a bit since then because they've stumbled onto a real dominant marketplace in Pakistan. Now, I, I realise um, not everyone is looking for exposure to Pakistani property, yeah. but, um, but this is a, Zameen.com is the name of the company. It is a, a phenomenal business. And, and I think it's worth more than the market cap of FTV alone. Um, yeah. It's owned in conjunction with FTV and um, a South African business called Naspers, which has a pretty good track record of finding oh. these things as well. Um, so they go one step further than REA. They have the dominant marketplace by a mile. And, and Pakistan, you might think, is a dodgy place, but actually they have a huge expat community who spends money buying property in Pakistan. And it is a property mm. mad culture the way Australia is. So it's ideally set up for a profitable uh, portal. Um, but they've actually, not only do they do matching and selling of buyers and sellers, they actually become um, a place where you do 
sales. So they take a larger chunk. They're, they're the de facto real estate agent in Pakistan. Oh. Um, and so they're, they're actually a couple of steps ahead of REA and they're just monetizing that sales channel now. Most of their revenue comes from um, sales rather than search and oh. that is so much more profitable. I think you're going to start seeing, it's now um, EBITDA positive. It's generating cash flow for FTV. Over the next few years, I think you're going to start seeing Zameen make meaningful contributions. And they've recently got into South America, Latin America yep. as well, haven't they? Which is also, um, I think it's called Encuentero 24. Yes. It's, it's, an, it's another, it's, look, they're competing against Mercado Libra, which is a brilliant monster of a business. So it's not easy, but they're doing a, something slightly different to them. So look, there are other options littered around the portfolio. But for me, this is all about Zameen, and I think you still get very good value buying this. Mm. I think this is a, a this is a potentially multi-billion-dollar business in the making. Uh, it's still a buy for me, as I said. It's our okay. largest holding in the fund. Mother, oh look, I've, I've heard him give me the uh, yeah for, for years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so again, my ears just shut. Uh, but yeah, no, look, it's it's a good business. Uh, he's right, and the growth, you know, emerging markets at some point is going to have substantial growth and someone who comes from subcontinent background, yeah, no doubts when mm. you're looking at you know, Pakistan, India, any of those subcontinent areas, it's just expats just buying houses, mm. right? So it's a, that, that's a great business model. I think they're very good, and if you want to invest in emerging markets, you want guys with track record being able to do oh, your that's bidding. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's what these guys do. Mm. They're, they're basically like a list of private equity going around buying mm. um, you know, yeah. other uh, ventures for us. So I, I like it, but, again, there's a but, um, growth value trade, right? This is a growth stock. It's in property. Everyone's going to say property, blah, blah, consumer, blah, blah. Emerging market, currency, sovereign risk problems. You know, answer, Malaysia, blah, blah, problems. So these are going to be affected, right? So their customer base in the regions will be affected over the next year or so with pandemic and all that. So I think it's going to be a bit choppy, but these are the kind of guys that you want to back so that they will turn it around. So for me, this is a nibble. Uh, so okay. you start. It's, you, a nibble. it's a two nibble. nibbles. Yeah. Okay. I, I think you buy it over the next two, three months when mm. things bottom out and turn around. Mm. This will do well. This is okay. the kind of guys you back the management, mm. and they've right. got a track record. Mm. All right, let's go to the other end of the market. Paige wants a view made that on Tabcorp, uh, the mm. big gambling entertainment business, Sky Racing, TAB, the lot, so your Powerballs, all that sort of stuff. Kino, um, what do you think of Tabcorp? Are boring as hell and everyone knows it and they do what they do and yep. you know everyone again there's always the M&A look it's a defensive yield play if you've been there you're getting a good yield it's okay I don't think it's gonna you know anything's gonna blow them up but look if you had to pick 10 15 stocks this is not there right. uh, you're so wrong you're so wrong but uh, continue uh, yeah. but, uh, for me it's not there okay. um, you know you you look at the I suppose in the same mm. kind of play for me has been aristocrat and we've just been yep. in that, and I'm yeah. more than happy to back that. That's yeah, been yeah. the best. Yeah, yeah, no, Go okay. On. You put me back in my show because Aristocrat, you've been right on that. I've been <laughs> not so right on that. Yeah. <laughs> but Tabcorp, look, um, uh, I, I said earlier, one of the things you need to do is be willing to look stupid for a long time, and that's Tabcorp for us. When we first, we, uh, Tabcorp was one of the early stocks we upgraded in 2020 March when everything fell over. Yeah. We've been looking at this for a long time. We've got an analyst on Tabcorp, he used to be a professional gambler. <laughs> which might not sound good to our clients <laughs> actually, but, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but he understands this industry really well. And, um, and so he's been on this for a long time. Um, it, it's a largest position in our funds and it's actually performed really mm -hmm. well for us over time. Uh, Nathan, I reckon um, 
Tabcorp, inside Tabcorp, there's a wagering business and a lottery business. That lottery's business, we've been saying for years, is maybe the best quality business in Australia. Mm. The best business in Australia. Mm. Because all the business does is literally, people walk in, hand you money yeah. for nothing. Mm. Uh, it's so good. I buy the lot of I know. You've got these, you've got these <laughs> yeah, long, multi-decade contracts, um, and, uh, and the governments who hand over these licenses are very conservative. So once you've got... A, a, a business that's operating properly and well, your likelihood of, of, of relicensing is extremely high. This is about as good as a business as you can get lotteries. And I think once they split this business, you'll find the lotteries multiple probably at 30 times. Is what do you my, think they will? They're doing it. It's happening this year. It's already been done, decided, voted on. It's okay. happening this year. Wait for the split. This is, this okay. is a buy, and I think it's worth a lot more. Just so so this is a buy to get a share of the split. Oh yes. If they split it, so get yourself. If they are splitting the split. when when they split it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our final mm. stock, uh, Gaurav Wise Tech, the uh, mm. big software business uh, for the logistics industry uh, across 165 companies. Been a controversial business over the last couple of years. It Short has. sellers have got into yes. it. It's been accused of yeah. um, poor transparency. Yeah. I, I struggle with this one. This is a real battleground stock, and, and usually yeah. I love battleground stocks. I like the argy bargy in investing. Well, you know, one of the great things about investing is that someone is right and someone is wrong. You really one of the few areas of life you really get to make your own decision without the pressures of it, of what everyone else thinks, and you can be proven right or wrong. And I love that. But this one, I have to say, I haven't don't have strong opinions on this. There's good arguments both ways. Mm. I think the shorts make some interesting points. There's been a lot of acquisitions. There's a few signs here of, of trouble. But on the other side, what they're trying to do is, is momentous for the industry. And I really am intrigued by the long-term plan here. I quite like the CEO. I, I think he's done a very good job. I think he's got a genuine vision. I know, Kasha, you tell me all the time, he's got this uh, fantastic background as a roadie. Or the founder, yeah. Yeah, yeah which I think is just great. I love roadie that. Roadie for ACDC. Right. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. I, I love those, those stories. Um, and he would have seen firsthand how difficult the problem was. And I think that's an important part of being a founder is understanding the problem you're trying yep. to solve. Yeah. This guy understands it. Um, they seem this, to have improved the governance too. I agree with in that, my, yes. In the last I think they have improved. The big opportunity here is this could be, this is potentially a winner's take all market where mm. um, where Cargo One, which is their, their prime software, it, it makes sense for that to be the default piece of software for all the different parts of the logistics network. Yeah. And if they can get that into place, this is a little monopoly in the making and it could generate bonanza returns. They're making pretty good headway and the people that we've spoken to speak well of the software, but that's a small subsegment. As I said, look, I think this is interesting enough to hold and to keep an eye on. Yep. I don't have enough conviction to go out and buy it, um, and it could be huge. So, look, I'm just going to sit on the fence on this one yep. and say hold. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough one. Mm. Um, so, putting the macro picture in it, Baltic Dry Index collapsing, right? And mm. freights are collapsing. Freight costs are going through the roof. Um, and economies are slowing down. There's a lot of da economic downgrades. With Fed moving, that's going to further hit it. So, logistics... I think that what they're doing is quite interesting. I think it's fascinating. Mm. Um, accounting and those management issues are much better now dealt with than what it was before. Um, they made a lot of acquisitions. Some didn't work. Some have worked. Um, I think it's, it's that upside of getting that solution up and being the dominant player is so much that you can't ignore it. That's the positive side. The negative side is I think that uh, the, the market was paying way too much for what they were doing, mm. and that's coming off. So again, it's a growth stock, people pay high multiples, blah, 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 now that's being pulled back. So 
look, I, I think it's probably got a bit more downside risk. Again, I hate to say it, this is probably a nibble. Mm, so what you, what, okay. I think you want to be Jeez. buying over the mm. next month. I keep um, this shows on um, at lunchtime. It's <laughs> 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 yes, all bloody hungry. You're <laughs> nibbling at everything. Is, so this is this is the interesting part, Kashi. Yeah. When you know I was bearish before, mm. and yeah. everyone was bullish. You know, 2022 is the greatest time to invest. Mm. Um, but now that everyone else is bearish, and the markets, you know, every index is down yeah, over 10 percent, 15 percent. This is when you start to see opportunities. Mm. Yep. So, and I think you don't want to rush in because, you know, if you look at the numbers over the next couple of months, it could be highly volatile. I mean, indexes moving by 2% a day oh, no. is not normal, right? No. So you have to be careful. But at the same time, you know, a stock like this that potentially could dominate an industry, you gotta go, yeah, if I buy it over the next couple of months, I'm gonna average a decent price, and yep. then you've got the upside to grow. Yep, okay. All right, so you've got this as a nibble. All right, let's mm -hmm. recap the, uh, the final five stocks. Whitehaven Coal, Stays in the portfolio, um, a yes from uh, from both Maiden and Gaurav. Mad Paul's a no. Uh, Frontier, a yes from Gaurav. It's a nibble for uh, Maiden. Uh, Tab Corp is a yes from Gaurav, a no from Maiden. He's stuck with Aristocrat and is still sticking with them as the option. And WiseTech, hold from Gaurav and... Uh, and Nathan's nibbling away again. <laughs> How many stocks can you nibble at? Yeah, oh, there's a lot. <laughs> it, it comes down to what's Lyman. your preference, right? What do you right. want to do? Do we have enough time, by the way, just to mention that that Nathan shaved his head as well? Oh. And so now all three of us. Yeah, uh, shave. Well, he came in today and said he's he's shaved his head and had to have a shower and put on clean underwear. <laughs> so I'd go, Nathan, I, I yeah. know we like each other, but that's way too much information. What was he doing before? Yeah. <laughs> Just put on a t-shirt, that's yeah, exactly it. Exactly right. Uh, it's great yeah. to have you two back into the studio. Thank Likewise. you for coming in. Uh, and uh, we will catch you next time. Good to see you. Nathan Summers and Dara from Deep Data Analytics, Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Um, that's the call for today. If you'd like any stocks analysed by our expert panel, put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com today, or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.